Hello, travel lovers and dreamers, and welcome to the EPOP podcast. This is episode one of season one. And season one's theme is our journey to short-term rental success. Can you say that five times fast? (laughs) Short-term rental success. Our journey to short-term rental success. I couldn't even say it one time fast. Airbnb was first founded in 2008. A lot of people have heard their origin story. But when was VRBO first founded? Lightning struck in an open plain And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again on my way through. I saw you on my way through. Hey everyone, I'm Travin. Joining me today is someone who likes agreeable gray more than on the rocks. My wife and real estate companion, Heather. Hey, everyone. Yes, right before this podcast, I was literally trying to decide if we should switch a paint color that we just had put on the walls at one of our properties to agreeable gray because on the rocks is just not not doing it for me. Too rocky. On the rocks was doing it for you last night when you had two margaritas? <laughs> on the rocks, actually. Um yeah, I know. But then today when I saw it in the morning light, it just it read a little cooler than I want. But, you know, it's all good. I want to be agreeable. You want to be agreeable. We're talking short term rental success. We're talking real estate. If you guys are unfamiliar with our journey into short term um, rental real estate, well, we're going to discuss that today because this is season one of episode, episode one of season one. And you all spoke loud and clear in wanting us to to give more information about what we have done with short-term rentals. And you'll hear us use the word short-term rentals and Airbnb interchangeable. Airbnb is the big player in the game. So if you say, if you hear us say our Airbnbs, that just means our short-term rentals. We'll also use the acronym STR uh, for short-term rentals. But it's it's all the same thing. It's how you can profit and make money by owning real estate that then you rent out on a short-term basis. So I asked the intro fact, Teth. Airbnb founded in 2008. Probably everyone listening knows what Airbnb is. Not everyone may know what VRBO is. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Do you even know what VRBO stands for? Oh my goodness. I know that we've said it before, but vacation... Rentals by... Owner. owner. Oh, vacation rentals by owner. Yes. Doesn't roll off the tongue as no. easy as Airbnb, <laughs> but it was, I'll give you a hint here. It was along, it was here well before yeah, Airbnb. I'm thinking the 90s, like maybe 98, 99. Oh, okay. Guys, take your guess because I'm going to tell you right now, VRBO was actually founded in 1995. Oh, okay. Give me a little short-term rental company mm-hmm. history lesson here was then bought out by HomeAway mm-hmm. in 2006. So HomeAway is, was a competitor, is a competitor to Airbnb. They were founded before Airbnb in 2004. They bought VRBO out in 2006. And the two brands both still operated. Like they, they 
they had their own websites, but with different names, but they, they kind of used the same tech and all that. And then that entire brand was bought out by Expedia, which if you guys are listening to this, you know, huge, huge travel company in 2005 or 2015. So VRBO 1995, Homeway bought them out in 2006. Expedia bought Homeaway out and VRBO then in 2015. And then Expedia retired the Homeaway brand in 2020, saying VRBO has just been a brand that's recognized more than Homeaway. So now it's just VRBO. There you go. Craziest you part go. of all that. And what's also crazy to me is that they're really the same thing as Airbnb, but whatever Airbnb did differently, I guess mainly branding, marketing, tactics they've just skyrocketed everybody knows what airbnb is now i mean you you just they're one of the top accommodation companies in companies the world i think world. Yeah, may, like, maybe second i, yeah, I think it used when it to comes be third or something but yeah i mean up there so, so that, that's a little history lesson for some of you nerds out there you'll have that other ones of you are like just tell your story okay 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 we're getting to our story <laughs> because that is what this is going to be about this season we're going to give you actionable tips we're going to teach you if you're interested in this lifestyle and and doing this how you can do it but it's all going to come from our specific tip uh, you know our specific experiences of of what we've done well what we haven't done well um, the lessons that we learn. And so we've got eight episodes for you in this season. Uh, episode one is our journey into the world of short-term rentals. So we're going to tell you kind of just a chronological journey into that and, you know, even how we got started. Episode two, we're going to teach you how to find your first short-term rental. Um, the three different options to do that. Episode three, the difference between middle of the road and magical. Episode four, to manage or not to manage, that is the question. Episode five, nerds unite, <laughs> numbers and stats. Episode You've already seen that I can nerd out here. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, for sure. Episode six, why we sold, sold all our Philly properties and pivoted. Episode seven, right now, we're just calling renovations. That's because we're knee deep in renovations. It sucked out up all our creative juice, so we have nothing to really <laughs> say other than renovations. Yes, but we will get into it in that episode and it'll be a good one. And then last, finishing off episode eight, our biggest lessons learned and mistakes to avoid. So we're going to dive really deep into this and it, it all starts with giving you the big picture overview of what got us into Airbnb and sh being an Airbnb host and short-term rentals. And the reason we decided to do season one uh, and do this as our short-term, our journey into short-term rental success was because anytime we would talk about this on the podcast or we would ask people, hey, what do you want to hear more about? Overwhelmingly, many of you said, we want to hear more about why you started doing this and how you're successful with Airbnbs and, and you know, how we can do the same. And Heth, you actually had a really good anecdote for this when you said the post that I, you well, you'll tell oh, people. Yeah. Tell them like why we really started thinking this has to be the first season. Well, because we we put things on Instagram and, and we try to, to do it as much as we can, even though I'm sure we could do it more and give you more insight into our life. But we made the big move this year down to North Carolina and sold our properties in, in Philly, including our permanent home, to live in North Carolina. And simultaneously, we bought 
as well as we have our, our beach house here, we bought a set of four cottages also near the beach in the town that we live in now. And so when we when I posted this, and I didn't even post it on EPOP, I actually just posted it on my own account, Heather Sherry, and it got so much love and I don't, I got more likes than I actually even have followers. So I don't even know how that happened. Um, people found it and, and liked it and it got more likes than both of our baby announcements. Uh, both of our actual, like here is our physical baby after they came. So it's just, it was wild to me how much people really loved this. And that made us realize that maybe you might want to hear more about it and our journey to this place in our life. Yeah, people are hungry for information about short-term mm. rental success. Mm. <laughs> so we're going to tell you our story. and it Trav all- is in charge of the sound, so just in case you were wondering who, who put the hokey sound in. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, it all started for us. I, I've always been passionate about real estate, and by passionate, I mean I've just enjoyed it. So even before we were buying real estate, I just... I would look at real estate. I remember specifically being in uh, South Africa and finding, like figuring out basically what the realtor.com of South Africa was <laughs> and looking at all these properties and just walking around neighborhoods and looking at for sale signs and thinking, yeah. Heth, should we buy here? Should we buy here? We had been in, in Cape Town probably four days when I first started seriously thinking about buying real estate there. We haven't, no. but that shows you kind of, where my head was at. Yeah, but I mean, it goes back even further than that because that was only in 2015. I mean, we got married in 2010. We've been together since university, since college. I mean, we would go on trips and anytime you would walk past a building that has the real estate posters up on them, you know, with local listings, you would look at them regardless of where we were in the world. You, I mean, I feel like even on our honeymoon, this happened. I'm sure Mexico. it did. Fe- fellow real estate nerds <laughs> unite. If, you, if you're either one of those people who can't pass up those those windows of real estate listings or you're traveling with someone who can't pass <laughs> them up, you know what we're talking about. So I was just intrigued. And, and again, this is well before we started investing. I did buy my first property, but it was just a, a house to live in. It was a primary house I bought with my uh, sister in 2007. And, but But never, you know, this was not really thought of in my mind as an investment. You know, yes, I knew that, okay, some people tell you it's better to own than rent. And, you know, it just depends on your lifestyle. But so I bought that early, but I, it wasn't to me seen as like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a crazy investment. It was just like, okay, I can either rent or I can buy something. So I bought something. But that, you know, the next property that we bought was then not until at least 10 years later. Yeah. Nine so years later. nine years later. And so in that interim, you know, Airbnb came about 2008, it, it was founded, but really started, I would say, to enter the, a bit of the, the public consciousness and, and really hold, you know, mass appeal in the, you know, 2012, 2013 time, you started to, to hear people talking about Airbnb mm-hmm. um, that weren't just like cutting edge people in tech or people who were, you know, really into the travel world who had found out about Airbnb. So it took, you know, four or five years. And that's when we started to, well, actually 2015 had, is when we moved back into the house that, that I had bought in 2007. And pretty quickly, 
actually, I'll tell this story because I got to give you credit. Uh, we moved Ooh, back. I love to get credit. August of 2015. And I did not want to. Uh, this comes back to the identity of, hey, we're travelers. We're nomadic. We have a travel podcast. We have a travel website. We cannot move back into a house. We can't have a home base. We can't have a home base. Like, what are people going to think? Are they going to listen to the podcast? And <laughs> Identity do, crisis. It, it was. It was an identity crisis. And you said to me, well, I'm moving back in. So you can move back in or you could choose not to move back in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love to travel, but the complete nomadic life I realized was not for me. And we were at the time where we also wanted to start a family. And so I was just ready for those roots. And we, we had been helping people try to lead unconventional lives and think outside the box with, with their lifestyle like we still do. And we were doing that, but I was having a hard time doing that for myself until about four days in, we had moved back in and I remember... Um, sitting there at a desk and be like, oh my gosh, I have a desk to work from yes. and I have internet that works. Because strategically, I was like, well, this house needs a lot of TLC. I'm going to start with the office. So Trav really enjoys having his place to work and then he'll want to stay in this house. <laughs> and it worked. Four days in, I'm like, this is the best decision we've ever made. I, I used the collective we with making the decision. <laughs> it's really how they're pushing it. But then right away, I thought, okay, but we have a mortgage okay. and the mortgage is about $1,300 a month. And we still want to travel like we it's very hard to do both. You know, we can't just afford to travel and, and have to pay this while we're not here. What can we do? And it, it was funny because we had stayed in Airbnbs around the world, but the light bulb went off and I thought, wait, we we can Airbnb this house out. And I had all these preconceived notions of why it wouldn't work. OK, we're just in a small town outside of Philly. You know, who's going to come through? There's not like much. There's no amenities here. You know, all this kind of stuff. But we said, why don't we try it out? And in fact, that trip to South Africa was the very first time that we decided to Airbnb the home that we lived in. Yes, in fact, we got it as ready as we possibly could um, in about one month of moving in. And I did all of the work. I took time off from EPOP then and just like went to town painting and trying to make it as nice as possible. It's so much nicer now than we, it was even when we, we did that first little Band-Aid fix up. But I remember we took the pictures and then we got on the plane, went to South Africa and Travis was like, uh, yeah, you got to get these up so that we can actually list this. And I remember sitting in Cape Town at the Radisson Blue, I think, on the water that we booked with hotel points and sitting out on their deck looking at the ocean and just putting up the first listing, our first listing. And it, I mean, it, it it was a horrible listing, guys. It was not nice at all. <laughs> it also, we did all that work and it didn't no, get it booked. it didn't rent while we were in South for Africa. For the three weeks that we were in South Africa. So we thought, oh no, like this, this is obviously this isn't going to work. But... Right from South Africa, we ended up going on a trip to go to a conference in Phoenix. And I remember standing on the shuttle bus. So, you know, you get off the plane from South Africa, mm -hmm. we get to the home airport and, and we have to get in a little bus to take us to the, to the terminal or to the gate to, to go into the airport. And I look at my phone and it was someone who had booked the Airbnb after we got back from South Africa, but while we were going to be in Phoenix. And I thought, yeah. well, this is really funny. We're only yeah. in Phoenix for five or six days and uh but someone booked it and we thought whoa okay this is our first like dopamine hit of like this could work <laughs> yeah and in the beginning we basically just had the calendar open i mean airbnb has also changed a lot in the last five years since we 
did that, I guess it's been five years? Five, six, six years, years, yeah. Um, but at the time, we just had our calendar open, and whenever people booked, we're like, okay, well, we'll leave. And it, it ended up being a little bit too much because sometimes last minute somebody would book, and it would be like, okay, tomorrow they're coming and we have to get the house ready and then actually leave. So then we got smarter and we were like, well, let's only let's plan out when we're going to be gone and only list it during those times. Yeah. And for us, it was a learning experience. And I, I mean, all of this is a learning experience. And yeah. our whole goal with this entire season is to show you the things that we've learned so that if you are interested, you can take those lessons and, and impart them on, on your own journey. And we just kept getting different bookings here and there. It was, it was far from consistent. You know, again, we weren't in some amazing place. It's not like we were downtown London or anything where it's like, oh, I can turn this on. It's going to book. Sure. But it gave us a sense of the, of the power of short-term rentals. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was a lot of work. And like most people starting out, we did what we needed to do and we were doing all the cleaning ourselves, doing all the managing and we'll get into that in further episodes of how much you should do and that comes down to what lifestyle you want to have and and we'll talk quite a bit about the lifestyle component of short-term rentals because it it varies based on the responsibilities you want to have and, and what your goals are. But we we understood then, hey, Airbnb could be a tool for us to to pay our mortgage when we're away and then that got us thinking, especially me. <laughs> okay, well, is it possible for us to buy properties? And my goal at that point was to buy a property and have it make $10,000 of profit per year. And, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, that's a lot, or oh my gosh, that's a little, uh, we'll, we'll get into where our thoughts are um, five years in of if it's a lot or if it's a little. But that was my ultimate goal is, can I get a property buy a property that then makes us $10,000 in profit because, oh my gosh, if it's $10,000 in profit, like in my head, well, then if we buy five, it's 50,000. And if we buy 10, it's a hundred thousand. And they could be as passive as you want them to be. Right. And so that was the start of a very quick journey yes. into real estate investing. So I had looked I certainly loved real estate and I, and I was looking at properties, but when we got back from South Africa, I, I, I had gotten bitten by the bug and, and then we had our place rented out and I thought, okay, how can we do this? And we knew that we didn't have the capital to do this on our own. Yeah. So we decided that if we wanted to go forward with doing real estate investing, that we needed to find somebody to partner up with because we just, we couldn't do it on our own. And if Trav's thinking, okay, I want to buy one, I want to buy two, I want to buy three, and I want to keep going with this, like we're definitely going to need some people to help us with that. Yeah. And so I started looking at a ton of properties. I called my uncle up who is a real estate investor in Philadelphia. And, and that's where, so we should tell you, that's where our eyes went to right away was, okay, suburbs, people are coming through, but it's kind of hit or miss. Where is somewhere that people are always traveling through? Uh, and for us, the closest city was Philadelphia. Heather and I knew a bit about Philadelphia, but certainly not the neighborhoods as well as I would want to know. And I just went into basically a year deep dive and it doesn't have to take this long, but of, of the neighborhoods and where we wanted to be. And I tried to figure out, and again, we'll get into this in further episodes of like, should we get a two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom? Where should it be? Basically trying to predict what type of house we should get that's going to give us the best chance to make this work. 
And there were some holes in my reasoning back then that we have filled in (laughs) since then. Again, we'll get into this in in some of the other episodes. But at that point, I did the best that I knew how to do. Yeah, I mean, it was a learning curve for sure. For sure. And we we realized we wanted to be in, in nicer neighborhoods, but we couldn't afford to be in the nicest neighborhoods of Philadelphia. And so for Philadelphia, that means... Um, you know, center city and old city right by all the historic stuff. We had to be in the neighborhoods that that kind of fringe that, that were already nice. safe enough, that were already nice, but yeah, that were a little bit more affordable. And another reason we chose Philly is because of its affordability. I mean, you... We couldn't do this in New York City. You know, Philadelphia is and and has been known. It is is a great city for for actually buying property because the market on, on the north in the in the East Coast. For yeah, sure. in the East Coast, because, you know, it, it being like the fifth biggest city in the U.S., but you can actually afford to own real estate in it, whereas most people, you know, in bigger cities, L.A. And I mean, obviously people do buy it, but normal people, <laughs> it's harder yeah. So, so I started looking, 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 and, and I was, the t- I got an awesome realtor who would show me anything. Um, he's great. He's a good friend, Jimmy he might even be listening to this. Hi, Jimmy. Um, and he just showed me all types of stuff and we just started talking through what we thought would be successful. And we finally, you know, I might've looked at in person, 70, oh. 80 properties before yes. we bought one. And, and you know, then. And I did not go to all of them because no, sometimes we would go out. and we would look at them and I said, there's just no way we're not buying this. It's like way too much work. It's, you know, you can walk into a space and kind of see the bones of a space and how you could renovate it. But we didn't really want to get into a renovation process in the beginning. And so sometimes I was just like, no, only call me to come on these <laughs> real estate missions with you if it's going to have, you know, these certain things and be more of a turnkey property. Yeah. And one of my biggest failures in the beginning was that I saw the possibility in everything. And I still, that's still my natural inclination is as a big dreamer, (laughs) I see the possibilities in everything. And I kind of wore as a badge of honors, like I'll go look at anything. But what I found is that that's a lot of wasted time. It is. Um, Again, when you're starting, maybe you have more time, maybe, maybe, you know, it certainly builds experience. But we're going to talk in episode two and three about really planning out what you want your Airbnb to be. Who do you, what's your avatar? Who do you want to stay there? What type of, you know, uh, what is it going to be? Like, like what is the, for lack of a better term, the, the theme of your Airbnb? And um, I just was looking at everything saying, well, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. And and it, it was a lot of wasted time looking at stuff. I mean, we said 70 or 80 in person. You can imagine how much time that is. Well, I mean, then how times that by 10 or 20 when it comes to looking at places online and obsessing over them. But we finally, in November of 2017 or 2016. It was 2016. November of 2016. This was we, before we had children. Okay, we, we found a property that when we walked in, immediately was like, oh, this might be the one. And I was, it was just me with my realtor, uh, with Jimmy. And I was like, okay, this might be the one. It, it was small by, by the kind of the standards we were looking at, but it was about a thousand square feet, 900 square feet. Was I'm it, sorry. Are you talking about Laurel in street the, in Northern liberties? Yeah. I think that we bought that site unseen. Did you, cause I no. didn't go into it. No, you, I was in it. You went, you went uh, into yeah. it. Okay. But I we have, have not never seen bought it. a place site unseen okay. yet. Right. Okay. Yet. But I had not been into, no. I had not been in it. And it, it, um, it was a two bedroom, but it had a third floor like loft. And I realized you could put two more beds up there. So I thought, okay, this is priced like a two bedroom, but really can sleep 
you know, it, it, it has basically four bed areas and it will have four beds in it. Um, and to me, that was a sweet spot. Um, still is to some degree, but we'll talk in episode two of, of maybe why my thinking was a little wrong there. But it only, and it had one bathroom. And so we bought this place and I believe the purchase price was $285. Um, we did not have that money to, to come in and put 20% down. So I wrangled my dad into <laughs> becoming a partner in this project, um, which essentially meant that he was going to give us 50% of the money and I would pay him, you know, uh, we, we were paying him a percentage back um, in interest, but he had nothing to do with it. Like we did all the work, we did all the management. He provided the capital. He provided the capital. We paid him back with interest that we would, um, in order to do that. And so it's a pretty, pretty good partnership deal for everyone involved. Um, and we got that ready, Heth, and, and we were on a pretty strict budget to get that up and running. Yeah, and that, you know, that was our very first one. So we didn't want to spend a lot of money on furnishing it, but we wanted it to be nice. We property managed it ourselves. For at least... Two years. Two years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely... I don't feel like we got to learn from that one, though, before we bought our next one, because then it was like just a rampage. Trav was on a mission and it was like, OK, we bought one and that was in November of 2016. And then in February of 2017, uh, we got pregnant and then it was like I was pregnant when we were buying houses and furnishing houses and it just like was a, a like a wild ride. In a year and a half, <laughs> we bought one, two, three, four, five. We bought five Philadelphia properties. And, Correct. you know, we're not going to, I won't get into all the numbers in this episode because this is an uh, uh, overview. So keep me out of the numbers a bit mm -hmm. if I get too nerdy yep. in it. Um, but yes, we bought five in a year and a half and that was I in partnership with, in partnership with, your, with my dad, with your dad, because obviously again, the capital there, and then we were the ones managing it. And, and you know, it, I will say in hindsight that while it provided us a, a lear, a very good learning experience and we learned mm -hmm. quickly that if I was to do it again, I, I do think that that was a bit fast because we hadn't got to see the model work yet. I assumed it was going to work. Mm -hmm. And and to give you, you know, to not to bury the lead here, like they did work. To oh, a yeah, pretty they good did. Degree. We didn't like we didn't crash these were not and burn failures. on these. No, no, they were not failures at all, but they weren't making the goal of 10,000 a year. Right. They all they certainly each one wasn't, some were carrying others. And so I didn't give it time to see like what worked and what didn't and why. And so, you know, I just went and I'm like, all right, my dad's in, he got one. All right, maybe I can talk him to the second one. So I did. And that was a new construction condo. Um, that actually ended up being uh, somewhat of a failure, but not our fault because we had to rent it long-term. We couldn't short-term rent it, but that right. was- So it's still, it, I mean, it paid for itself, it paid but for it, itself. it never made money because we couldn't short term rent it due to the HOA, which was hidden from us. Long yes. story, but whatever. Uh, we moved on from that quickly and we were like, well, now we have all this furniture. We better buy a third one. <laughs> yes. So to put this furniture in something. So no, I mean, it was a, it was a good ride and, and it was, I mean, we haven't lost money on them in the end, but we also never really like made out 
incredibly yeah, from- well for all of them together. Like Trav said, a couple of them were doing super well and they were kind of carrying the ones that weren't doing as well. And it was just a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And we were doing it ourselves. And what we realized with the management was that it was a very, very reactive business. So uh, if you guys have listened to any of our other podcasts or you're, you're over at Location Indie or you've listened to Location A podcast, I say this quite a bit, but the more proactive you can be in your life versus being reactive, the better lifestyle you're going to have because you are the one calling the shots. And what we realized was that 95% of our stress was coming from these Airbnb properties and about 5% of our income. And so it yeah. doesn't take someone that smart <laughs> uh, to, to say, Very good point. this isn't a good idea. I'm not that smart because it took us, it took me a long time to be like, why are we doing this? In fact, I just kept buying properties, even though I yeah, knew we and, were stressed and out. And I was the one trying to manage them as much as I could, you know, traveled would help if you know I was doing something else but you know we had other jobs and we were having babies and then we we're still trying to manage all of these properties and so it just it wasn't working for me I was like a kid in a candy store <laughs> I was like I, I am not someone who enjoys shopping but if you are and you know what it's like to maybe walk into a store and be like there's so many good deals and and you just maybe go overboard with shopping <laughs> That's a little casual in reference to like buying real estate because well, it's a much bigger shopping trip. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying that's what I fell into was this idea of like. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't think you can ever get mad at me for shopping again. Whoa. Just like normal shopping. I, so anyway. <laughs> you just compared buying five houses in a year and a half to well, going shopping right, what over. I'm, no, what I'm saying is, is I was a, mm-hmm. a crazy version of that. Yeah. Um, I, I've never felt that way with normal shopping for clothes <laughs> or anything, but with houses I got in, because here's the thing. If you get obsessed with real estate, there will always be a deal. Like, and so I would get so obsessed. I'd be looking Philly. I'd be looking other markets. Like, hey, we got to buy this. We got to buy. She's like, what? Like, you know, there's a hundred, 200, 300, mm-hmm. 500 houses for sale. Yeah. I had to try to rein you in. And then I was saying like, we need to look at these numbers and I'm not a numbers person. Like I don't like to do the numbers, but I like to see the numbers. So I'm like, until they are making more money, we can't buy anymore because it's just so much work. And then when we bought our fifth one, you know, we had taken a, a break for yes, about a year. of. We of bought buying. four in about a year. And then the <clears throat> fifth one, I guess, came like a, about a year. I had made a commitment to Heather after the fourth one because the fourth one was uh, a unique one in that it was a single family home in an area we didn't think we could afford. And, you know, it was like one of these one-off type things. And to this day, it is our most successful one. So yes. I had learned some lessons and I was like, okay, I know we went really hard on these three. I know we should come down, but really trust me, dad, Heather, this is the one. Trav can be very convincing. It, it, it was the one. <laughs> and it was the one. And it was a good choice. The, the fourth one, and you're talking about Race Street, Race Street. in Old City. I, I still love the property and, you know, we still own it. We're getting it ready to list and I feel a little sad about it. It's actually getting it. listed today yeah. as we record Oh my this. goodness, is it really? Um, and and we'll talk about all why we pivoted yeah. and decided to sell those in episode seven, I believe. <clears throat> but it the idea then was, and so, so I said to Heather, we're not going to buy another one for this whole calendar year. That was a little bit of a lie because December of that year, we did close on another one, which again- But it was almost the new year, so. And it was a crazy deal. And that was the second most profitable one we've ever had. Right. It was profitable and we've already sold it and we made money selling it, even though we owned it for such a short amount of time. Yes. So, so the I, last two were good. Like you were already learning. Already you know, learning. From the first three. 
So the last two in Philly, uh, last you know, two they kind of made us money and continued to make us money even in selling them as well. Yeah, and so that that so we did this, and it was a really quick turnaround. And what what we learned, and we'll talk about should you manage or should you not. But for us, the breaking point came. We were in Mexico, and we had just run an amazing trip with some of our location in the members called MexX. And we were on the, it was like half business, half pleasure. These all, this awesome time. We were there for like four days. Oh my goodness. And we have Wit who's one and I'm like a couple months pregnant with Hattie. Yes. And we are, we finally get a break. And uh, my buddy Jason from Zero to Travel is watching Wit so that we can go out on our first time alone in Mexico since this event has started four days in. And we just go to this restaurant on the corner. We're sitting out. The It's sun is shining the breeze is blowing we're getting a nice meal and my phone rings and I will tell you that this is how stubborn I am (laughs) anytime my phone would ring and it was I would get like chills going through me because I was like is this going to be a problem with Airbnb yeah Uh, you know and anytime it was a number I didn't know I was like I don't want to pick up but I have to Mm -hmm. and I saw a number I didn't know and I picked it up and it was someone from one of our properties telling me that their child had locked themselves inside the bathroom and they didn't know what to do. And could I call the Philadelphia Fire Department to have them come in to get their child out of the bathroom? And I remember sitting there saying, I cannot believe that the first moment of bliss that we have here in Mexico, like just quiet time, we're on this date, that I am calling the Philadelphia Fire Department from Querétaro, Mexico, (laughs) and getting them to unlock a five-year-old from the bathroom. And at that moment, I just thought, what are we doing? Why are we managing these ourselves? Yeah, and and I just want to preface this with, I I think managing properties can be a great job if it's your only job. Yes. Again, 5% of our income, 95% of our stress. Not <laughs> so worth it. So it wasn't worth it to us. And, you know, we're I'm we're raising a family together. I'm, you know, a, kind of a stay-at-home mom, also working on EPOP, and Trav's working on EPOP, and Location Indian, like all these things. And we're doing the podcast, and it was just too much for us because we didn't have the time to focus on really making these properties excel and with the customer service and all of the mishaps that happen when you keep piling on, like now we have five properties Right, five times the headaches. Yeah, so right? for us, managing didn't work out. But if it is your job and you can focus on it, or if maybe you only have one, maybe you only have two, maybe you ha- you have no children or your children are older, um, you know, you can make it work. But for us at that time, and again, we'll talk about it more. Episode four, we'll talk about Episode to manage four. or not to manage. But yes, um, for us, it was, yeah, that was really a turning point where we're like, okay, we're about to have another baby. We need to outsource this. Yeah. And so to follow this journey along, you know, we had those five properties. We decided to outsource it. We found a a management company in Philadelphia and we handed it off. And uh, we had differing models at that point of how we were going to monetize. My overall strategy, because we were managing it ourselves, was keep the prices high, even if that means less people coming through because it means less guests, it means less issues. Their idea was let's get the occupancy rate high, lower the price, get the occupancy rate high. Because if your occupancy rate is higher, then you start rating, ranking higher on Airbnb. People see it in your search, blah, blah, blah. And and I decided like, hey, go for it, guys. You're managing it. Like, this seems like a sound strategy. Uh, and the, the kind of sad part about it is that we never really got to see it work totally to fruition because they took over at in about September, August, August September, September right of, when we had Hattie, of 2019. 2019. And obviously COVID hit. March of 2020. Yeah, they took and it over going into the low season yep. and into winter and then boom, COVID. And I mean, it was just 
Yeah. And, and COVID absolutely decimated our properties. Yes. You know, you're in the city. First off, all our properties were larger properties as far as the amount of guests they could sleep. The smallest one could sleep eight. The biggest one could sleep 10 or 12. So everything was like eight to 12 people. So we are, what we were going after was like groups of friends, bigger families, people who wanted to come, you know, and not, not party necessarily, but you know, bigger, these bigger groups. So bigger groups in a city, in the middle of a city in the Northeast, uh, were just not doing it, um, come COVID. And so from basically 2020, everything we had made in 2019, which was our first season with all five properties, pretty much running, you know, fairly efficient. Yes. Yeah, so we're like, oh, wow, we, we have money from these Airbnbs. This is exciting. And we actually did not 10K a property, but I believe, and again, I won't get too into numbers. I'll just give you a broad overview. I believe that we at that point showed about 35 to 40K profit that year. So, you know, divide up over five properties. It wasn't the 10K I wanted, but it was like 7K profit. And we thought, okay, that's not worth it for us managing it, but if we're not managing it and we're getting 30 or 40 K a year, okay, that's a, that's a different story. Right. Um, cause we had already spent all the time furnishing it. Mm -hmm. COVID basically sucked up all those profits. Um, so we were able to come out on the other side, not having lost money, but that, you know, we had to cut our prices dramatically and try to get long-term people in, right. in order to, to survive COVID. Yes. And you know, we, we did kind of make it seem like we jumped into this without, knowing what we were doing, which is the case to some extent, but we're still also somewhat savvy <laughs> business people, especially traps when it comes to the numbers. So when the money was, was coming in, you know, like we had that money, um, we didn't just like then put it somewhere else. So like we said, it that's, lived in the quote unquote lived, property bucket or company bucket, right? It lived in the company bucket. So then that is the main reason how we were able to survive COVID without having like, Hey, we need to offload these properties right now. And we were able to wait until it was a good, a better time. A better, so. right. Like we, yeah, we weren't making any money off short term rentals during COVID at all. Uh, in fact, we were losing a little bit every month. Um, but as a lot of people, as you're listening to this now, you know, I mean, one of the hottest real estate markets of all time has been happening kind of, I don't want to say post COVID, but post uh, start of the pandemic, you know, really starting kind of in 2021, um, you know, the, the market started jumping and it just kept jumping all the way through the summer. And so when we looked at it and we'll get into more of why we decided to sell, but essentially for us, we were like, okay, we can either wait this out. Travel is coming back to Philly. You know, if we're, we want to hold these another five, 10 years, we can wait this out or we can decide to get out of Philly and uh, right now and still make money off of selling this, which was never our plan to begin with. We never thought we would buy and buy properties and then sell three or four years later. Usually that does not work. No, usually you need to hold it in order to make some off of your investment. Yeah, but it but for us, it, it has worked a little bit. And we just sat down and talked about this earlier today. You know, the amount of money we made for the hours invested, we are making way under minimum wage. Sure, but, but the education we received. The ed education <laughs> received. And so that kind of comes to now the the... The part of the story that we're in now, which was, okay, we still want to do this. We might not necessarily want to do this in Philly, but we turned our sights to a warmer 
climate <laughs> yeah. by the beach in North Carolina. Absolutely. And it, I just, with this whole series, I kind of wanted to unwrap what the realities of real estate are versus kind of the sexy idea of real estate investing and owning lots of properties. And even some of our, you know, friends and family members are just like, wow, you guys are like, this is just you, this is so cool what you guys are doing and how do you do it? And, you know, they you just, have an they, empire yeah. and like they think that and you know, if you think it's like this glamorous <laughs> kind of thing, but really it's like very tricky, stressful. And, you know, we have to be really smart about it and <laughs> to make it work. And it's definitely not the easiest way to make money. No, I think In, it's not always. I mean, sometimes I guess it, it pays off for sure, but it's I mean, there could be. Yeah, we're not, I don't think we're going to dive into real estate versus other investment vehicles, right. but I, I think you're right that it's not for everyone. Uh, and, and especially short-term rentals isn't for everyone. You know, there's a lot of real estate investing you can do if you like real estate. You know, some of my friends are like, well, I'd like to get into real estate, but you know, I'm not really interested by it and this and that. I'm like, well then, you know, unless there's a reason, like don't do it. And so our whole as Heather mentioned, one of our whole points of doing this whole eight-part series in this season is because we've touched on it here and there in, in other podcasts and people have wanted more information. But really, this is to for the people who really, really want to do this to give you a bit of a roadmap and for the people who might be interested to show you a behind-the-scenes look to make sure that you want to do it before you jump into it. And if you still do, great. We're not here to talk anyone out of it. Because oh, no, we love it. We love it, but <laughs> it's... It, it is a different lifestyle, right? I, I have a, a friend who's come on the podcast a lot, Francis Tapon, who you guys probably listen to. And he always says to me like, why are you even bothering real estate, Trav? Just get into crypto and stocks. Like it's so hands off. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I don't, like you make a good point, but I actually enjoy the, the real estate and I enjoy the process. And because of what so much of what we do is digital, right? Digital products and a community and the podcast and all this, I enjoy having some stuff in the physical world. And so I like that break from the digital world sometimes. And so for me, I, you know, if you're interested in real estate, it is a really good opportunity. If you're not and you're just trying to get into it because everyone's telling you you should get into it, well, think of it as any other vehicle. Like you don't need to have real estate, just like you don't need to buy Bitcoin, just like you don't need to have stocks, right? Like if it doesn't fit your lifestyle, or what you're interested in, you don't have to get into it. Yeah. And for Trav and me, I also think, you know, we are experience seekers, whether that's with travel, uh, whether that's with real estate, we like to have an experience. We like to create experiences. And for us, it just goes hand in hand with our love of travel, with doing Airbnb and doing the short-term rentals because then we can give somebody else an experience, whether it's in Philadelphia or whether it's in North Carolina or somewhere else in the world someday, hopefully, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so for us, it just, it kind of goes hand in hand. And if we can make it, make it a profitable, profitable business while also giving us an experience that we can enjoy and an experience for other people to enjoy when they stay at our Airbnbs. To me, it's just... It's thrilling and we're very passionate about it. And we also realized in the beginning, and, and this has only sharpened as we continue to do properties, um, and it's also a lot, I think a lot of it has come with experience, that our skill sets were, were like we had a, an advantage getting into real estate because our skill sets were aligned with what you would need for short-term rentals specifically, i.e., 
I love, love, love looking at properties, finding a deal, negotiating. Neighbor- you also like neighborhoods and the research of the area too, because that does play a part. And we'll talk about that in some of the episodes. Totally. And so that that's what I love, the, the acquisition of the property. And so you can you can make a lot of money on the ac- on the acquisition of the property if you can negotiate the price down to something that someone else wouldn't be able to. If you can find properties that people have to sell that you could come in and, and, and change kind of the, the way they are. Um, that's what I absolutely love. And then Heather just thrives and is better than anyone else in the world. I'll say that right now in taking the property and saying, cool, this is what it is. This is what we're going to transform it to via staging, via, um, small touches. We're going to talk about this in episode three and four, Mm -hmm. the details and just, and taking a house and turning it into an experience. Absolutely. And so we knew that played into our skill set. Obviously, our skills have gotten much, much better. Mm-hmm. But from the beginning, we said, we didn't even know what was our skills. It was just like, I like doing this and you like doing this. Huh. Well, short-term rentals, you need to do this and you need to do this. Yeah. You Great. also need to be really good at the property management. And that has a lot to do with data and numbers and knowing the systems. And that's not something that we're really good at. Right. And that's why we outsource that. And we have found the best property management company here in North Carolina, which is another reason. Yeah, our property has done well. And yeah. so, so to bring this story to a conclusion, and by that I mean <laughs> the our, origin. Oh, well, our <laughs> conclusion of where we are sitting right now, you know, obviously our story will continue on. Our journey in real estate is, is hopefully just beginning. But after the Philly properties, what we started saying was is there a way? Our, our dream was to have a house near the beach and to have it be a property that we could go to when we wanted, but also work as an investment property. And never did I imagine we would find a property on the beach and maybe we even do a bonus episode of that whole story we've told it before on the podcast so you you all have heard it a bit but long story short we found a property on the beach and we decided okay we we got that august of 2020 and we came down saying let's see if this works as a new home base for us we think it will because it's at the beach it's in the town we like you know all this stuff but we were also leaving friends and family behind we had never lived really hard outside of philadelphia really um and we didn't know anyone here and so we came down saying if it doesn't work as a home base it will work as an investment so we're we're kind of covering our bases by september of 2020 we looked at each other and was like (laughs) what do you think is is this going to be our i don't know if it was quite that fast it was the end of september (laughs) <laughs> I remember it was uh, because I, I think it was end of September. I looked at you because I knew what I was feeling mm-hmm. and we, we had talked about it, but we hadn't had a sit down discussion. And I looked at Heath. I was like, what do you think? We've been here a month and a half. Like, is this going to be our home? And you said, did I say yes right then and there? I feel well, like we're it here, was, aren't we? I know, but I feel like it was more kind of after we came back from Costa Rica and we hadn't been in the house for quite a few months when I was like, well, yes. you, all right. You said, I love it here. And I yeah. said, do you love it more than you think you were going to like it? And yes. you said, yes. Yes. And I said, me too. And we kind of said, okay, this is going to be a home base. And so what we did, and we'll talk about this in episode two, but we, this property that we're in right now, we set up as a quote unquote house hack. And there's a few ways to house hack. One of them means, hey, this is where you're going to have as a home base. But if if you rent it some parts of the year, you can basically make the money that you need for it for the whole year. So in our case, we're at the beach, the high season, 
is June, July, August. And so what we did with running the numbers even before we bought this house was realize that June, July, and August, if we rented it those three months, that would cover all our expenses for this house for all 12 months, for the whole year. And so obviously we'd have to go somewhere else June, July, and August, but we even factored that in and we said, the three months of rentals that we'll make from this house will cover all our expenses for, for the 12 months, for this house and the three months that we have to live somewhere else. And that's a house hack. And, that, and, and so we decided to, to do that and did that this year. Right, yeah. So that is kind of where our journey, I mean, it hasn't really ended because now we have bought another property here and we'll, we'll talk about that, um, in another episode. But for us, real estate has really given us more freedom in our lifestyle and a chance to try different things. For example, coming to North Carolina and knowing that maybe we wanted to live at the beach, but reluctant to move away from our family. I was not ready to just buy this house and move, but because we actually rented out our house in Philadelphia, and came to live in this house in North Carolina, you know, this house hacking stuff, it allowed us to, to do that. And we didn't have to sell our other house right away. You know, we could have that time to kind of decide. So that, that is a good point. We didn't sell our Philly house. No. The one that we lived in when we bought this, we rented that and lived here to see if it was a good fit. And I think your point is spot on that a lot of people look at real estate as like, oh my gosh, I'm putting this big anchor around me. Like now that I bought a place, this this actually ties me down. I'm, I'm more location dependent than I ever was. But in reality, if done right, it actually can free you up in a lot of ways to live a lifestyle that isn't like, I live in this one home and that's it. You know, maybe you have certain properties around and you pop between them. You know, maybe some are straight investments and some are more home bases. It is... Our whole goal with real estate, yes, we love it and we love love the idea behind it and, and getting the properties and all that, but what it really does is it allows us to get closer to what we call the triangle of freedom, and the triangle of freedom is time, location, and financial freedom, and a lot of people think, oh, you buy a property, that takes away your location freedom. Not if done right, and that's why short-term rentals and this new world that we live in with, with people moving around so much more and wanting to try different experiences, this wasn't as possible 20, 25 years ago. It wasn't even as possible 10 years ago, but now it really is. And, and we've proven that out a bit. Um, and so our whole goal is to help you get to that triangle of freedom. And the financial component for us is that's really where I see the short-term rentals in real estate really giving us the biggest push is like towards that financial independence of hey, now you can truly make some passive income and you can make some money when you sell these properties um, in the future as well and setting us up for long-term financial success. Absolutely. So we really hope that you enjoyed this first episode kind of recapping our journey into the world of short-term rentals. And we have a lot of other great information and good stories as well <laughs> because it's been a journey and we have had ups and downs and we've learned a lot. And so we want to impart that with you because in five years of experience, we really crammed a lot in. So... We're just really looking it, forward to this. It was an accelerated yeah. learning track <laughs> pushed by me going maybe too fast in the beginning, but ultimately it working out in the end. And uh, episode two, what we're going to talk about is how to find your first short-term rental. There's really three different options. One that we is the path that we chose and that I will say we recommend for, for 
uh, some for most people, but we'll tell you the options based on, on your situation. And then episode three, we're going to talk about the difference between a middle of the road short-term listing and a magical one. And our Philly ones were more middle of the road. Our Carolina ones are magical. And we've found out essentially how to hit home runs and not hit singles or doubles. <laughs> and so we're going to reveal that. For those in, sports. For those sports fans out there. Uh, we'll talk about that in episode three. And like I said, we've got we've got eight episodes in this season. So if you liked it, let us know on Instagram. Also, this is only for a select few people. It's very... Um, targeted. But if you're someone who's making six or seven figures, or I guess if you're making eight figures, that's cool too. Um, we are opening up just applications. Uh, we're going to be working really, really closely, um, consulting with people and, and helping them get their first short-term rental. So if you're someone who's making six, seven or eight figures and you say like, hey, I want to do this, but I don't want to have to do the, all the hard work behind it. I want someone to help me down this path. And, and you are really truly ready to buy a property like you've got the money you know you can you know you you know you want to do it um maybe you've listened f through a few other episodes when they drop and you say hey this is a path i want to go through and, and i want to start investing in short-term rentals um we're gonna work with a very few people who are really good candidates to basically not basically, but to help you find your first property and walk you through the entire process from buying it all the way to the staging it and getting it listed. Um, and so if you're interested, it is completely applicate, like you have to apply um, because it's going to be a lot of work on our end. Um, but we look forward to working with a few people on that. But you can go to STR, which is short-term rental, strlifestyle.com, and there'll be an application up there and you can fill it out and then we'll get a hold of you and we'll see if it's a good fit for everyone involved. So that's another little foray for, uh, <laughs> for my real estate outlet and for Heather's creative yes. and design outlet because as much as we'd like to buy a million properties very quickly, we kind of learned our lesson with oh, Philly. Yeah. So yeah. if there are other people out there, we can help do it all the better. So that's strlifestyle.com. Um, and then for those of you who, who are saying, I'm not at that point yet, I can't afford that. Um, I want to more DIY it and do it myself. That's what all these episodes are for. Absolutely. For us to We're give you a peek be behind the you. scenes. Yes. So much good information that hopefully you can use to have your own journey to STR. <laughs> Lifestyle. Season one, episode one. It feels weird saying that being 470 plus episodes into a podcast, but this new format for right now, season one, episode one, we have wrapped that up. We look forward to hanging out with you guys over the next couple episodes. And please hit us up on Instagram. Tell us how you like the new format. And we're also looking for themes to yes. talk about. We have our season two already planned out and thought out, but you know, we have multiple seasons after that to give into to you. Infinity. So yeah, um, always looking for what you are interested in hearing us talk about. And we don't have a new send off yet. So I'm just no. going to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support as always. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll just keep <laughs> it the same until travels. we come up with another one. <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye. Lightning struck in an open plain. And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through 
while looking at the ocean is certainly a home run. Yes. Music by the amazing Kalem Bohr. Look him up on Spotify. K-A-I-L-E-M space, last name, B-O-E-R. Bye, everyone.